from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let me ask you a quick question. Which commercials do you prefer when they're trying to sell you something? That's if you prefer any commercial that tries to sell you anything. I don't. But which commercial are you more likely to listen to? Are you likely to listen to the commercial who has an actor portrayal speaking about how great this product is? Or would you more likely listen to the commercial who has actual customers giving their confession about how great this product has helped them or is, has been beneficial to them? Who would rather listen to an actor portrayal? Who would rather listen to an actual customer giving their opinion of the product? Yeah, it makes a lot more sense, doesn't it? I mean, an actor is just going to tell you what he's supposed to say, whereas a, an actual customer or an actual worker, whatever the commercial is about, is actually going to tell you a real-life uh, uh, instance where this has helped them or benefited them in some way. Now, would you rather buy a product that you saw on TV, even with a real person's confession, or would you rather buy a product that your friend has suggested to you? Who would rather buy a product on TV? Oh, come on. That scene on TV is awesome stuff. Who would rather buy a product that their friend suggests for them? Yeah, so would I. A lot more trustworthy. You know, it's a lot easier to listen to your friend say, if I've used this for this or that, then it, it, it really works great. Or maybe you don't buy a product because your friend says it doesn't work at all. But either way, you, you, you look to your friend as an example about how this product is, and you go off of that. Now, I'm not going to say that Christians have a product to sell. That's a horrible statement. However, for lack of better terminology, we do have a quote-unquote product to showcase. And you know that that's actually you. You and I are walking examples the gospel's power. Paul today shows how he is a walking example of the gospel's power. You, you just see him get excited in our text when he talks about the message of the gospel. This is the first letter he wrote to Timothy. Timothy's just a young pastor. He had followed Paul now through his second uh, missionary journey. And Paul said, look, stay in Ephesus and take care of the church there. And this first letter he writes to them with some encouragement and instruction. And the first thing he says to Timothy is, Timothy, make sure that there are certain men who are not preaching false doctrine. He says these men want to preach about the law, but they don't actually know what they're talking about. And they're abusing the law. And they're not teaching it correctly. He says the law is not used the way they say it's used. The law is there for sinners. The law is there to show us that we've done wrong. The law is there for everyone who does everything contrary to the gospel. And so Paul tells Timothy, he says, don't let them teach what's contrary to the gospel. Actually, he calls it that, uh, oh, I already lost it here. He calls it the gospel of, I think it's glorious grace, uh, earlier in chapter 1. See, anything that is taught contrary to the gospel is false doctrine, and it's dangerous. 
And Paul wants Timothy to see how strong and powerful the gospel is. And he does that when he gets so excited about the gospel. He says, Timothy, preach the gospel that was entrusted to me. The the same gospel that has saved me. The gospel that has changed who I am. The gospel that I have been preaching now in my missionary journeys and that you have learned from me. Paul could not bear to see the gospel that he has been preaching plowed under by false doctrine. Not not because he's such a great, smart guy, not because he worked so hard to start this church at Ephesus, but only because he doesn't want that power of the gospel to be hidden from the rest of the world. Because Paul knows that the message of the gospel is literally a life changing and life-offering message that he is a walking example of, that Timothy is a walking example of, and that all of us are examples of for the rest of the world to see. Can you believe that God has chosen his people, sinful people like we saw in Moses and Matthew this morning, to take that life-altering gospel out there? You know, we, we, we don't deserve anything from the gospel. We, we, we deserve nothing to do with the gospel and how great it is. You know, this is why Paul called his ministry grace. You know, in Ephesians 7, he says, Although I'm the least of all the Lord's people, which we'll hear him say again today in different words, he says, This grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. Paul knows he doesn't deserve the gospel, and Paul knows he doesn't even deserve to take the gospel and speak it off his own lips to people. This gospel is so great and powerful and above him, and he has earned nothing of it. This is a grace, he says, to take this gospel to the rest of the world, that God has called me a terrible sinner to do that. He even says in our text that he was a blasphemer, persecutor and a violent man. Later he calls himself the worst of sinners. But Paul also makes that one statement. He said, I was shown mercy. I'm sure you know the the history of the Apostle Paul and how he was probably one of the greatest known enemies of the gospel in his day. I mean... (laughs) Upon his conversion, he was actually on his way to Damascus to persecute Christians. He hated them. He put them in jail. He persecuted them. Put some to their death. He hated the gospel. And all the while, he acted, as he says, in ignorance. He thought he was doing a favor for God. He didn't know the path he was actually going down. He didn't know how he was striking God in the face every single time. Striking Jesus in the face every single time. He was a man of faithlessness, abounding in nothing but hostility toward God as he blasphemed and persecuted and beat Christians. But he was shown mercy. And that changed everything for Paul. He says, the grace of our Lord abounded. That word is such a great word, abounded. 
You know, it actually means that something is filled up so full it actually starts overflowing. The, the, the mercy that God showed Paul was just overflowing for him as he called him on the road to Damascus. God's mercy was overflowing in his life, and his faithlessness was met instead with faithfulness from God himself. And he went from being the worst of sinners to being right before God as he was clothed in the righteousness of Christ, being clothed with faith and love that come along with Christ, he says in our text. He went from showing no mercy to being shown the ultimate mercy on his soul. And he went from a man worth nothing to a man being called by grace in faith to serve as a minister of the gospel. That is Paul's story. But is that also not Timothy's story? Is that also not our story? Is that not the same story that every Christian has experienced? Paul may have called himself the worst of sinners, but who here has not at some point in time felt that they were the worst of sinners? But then again, does it really even matter? <laughs> not really. For there is no difference, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Isaiah says there is no one who does good, not even one. James tells us that whoever breaks any part of the law at any point is guilty of breaking everything. I, I can't sit here and point out anyone who is the worst of sinners. There is no such thing. Every one of us by nature is the same as Paul. The worst of sinners, blasphemers, violent people, hostile to God. We're all just Matthew sitting there in our tax collector booths, ignorant and unaware of how we strike the strings of God's anger with every single sin and how every single sin damns us to hell. But we were shown mercy. Like Paul, the grace of our Lord abounds in our lives through the gospel. And we've been changed through faith in Jesus Christ. You know, we too saw God's faithfulness to his promises amidst our faithlessness. We went from being the worst of sinners to, like Paul, being righteous before our Heavenly Father, clothed in the robes of Christ, one for us on the cross. And the grace of our Lord abounded and overflowed, cleansing us from all sin. Whatever the worst of sin you can think of, it's gone. Whatever guilt you think you hang on to, it doesn't exist anymore because it was put on Jesus on the cross. Is not the grace of God just astounding that He would do that for people who hate Him? And the grace of God still continues in our lives even after that moment where we come out of ignorance and we come into faith. You know, like Paul, you and I are walking examples of the gospel that we showcase to the world. Paul said, here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. That's the second time he's made that confession. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience 
as an example for those who would believe in Him and receive eternal life. Have you ever considered for a little while how God doesn't really need us? Have you ever actually considered how God could share the gospel in this world without us? If God really wanted to, he could share the gospel without the means of grace. We talked about that in Bible class once. I think it was Tony said pretty well once. He's God. He can do whatever he wants. Now, I'll, I'll just say here, we know from the scriptures he speaks to us through the gospel and the means of grace. As far as we know from his word, that's how he does it. But he could do it without. Never occurred to you that God could spread the gospel across the globe with the angels like he did when Jesus was born? And just send legions of angels into the world to tell everybody about the Christ and what he's done? Have you ever considered, though, how he has chosen you to do it? How he has chosen you, a sinner cleansed by Christ, to take the same message that has changed you to those who still need to be changed? Paul may be writing to a young pastor, but the application applies to every Christian. The Great Commission is for all Christians. The ministry of the keys is for all Christians, not just for a select few. It was given to you and me, mere human beings who deserve nothing concerning the gospel. And yet it's ours. Our role in sharing the gospel, like Paul, is a grace that is given to us. Grace, something undeserved that we have nothing to earn. And you've literally been given a life-changing message to share with people. Literally. A message to share with the world in the face of all things taught that are contrary to that gospel. And more than just having this life-changing message, you're a walking example. You are a walking testimony to that gospel message and its power and its benefits, and what Christ has done for you. Now the devil's going to fight that hard. The, the devil would have anything than share, uh, have the gospel shared with the rest of the world. The devil would love to have you think that there are other people more suited for the job of sharing the gospel. The devil would love to have you think that the gospel... Uh, sharing the gospel is a complicated process and you, you just don't know how to do it well and so you kind of shy away from it. The devil would love to have you think that evangelism is only done by those uh, programs and instances at church. But that's not it. Christ came to save sinners and he uses, by his grace, sinners as examples so that others might see them and believe and have eternal life because of the gospel that they share, because of the gospel that they've experienced. You know, those who don't have that life-changing gospel yet, they need the faithfulness of God. They're wandering in darkness, they're lost, they're ignorant, and they don't know any better. And until the gospel comes, they're the worst of sinners. They're everything that we once were before the gospel took our hearts and made them new before God. And so just as mercy was shown to you, the grace of God abounds through you so that you can serve as a minister of the gospel in this world. 
so that you can share the comfort of the gospel with those who have no comfort, so that you can shine the light of the truth to those who live in darkness, so that you can tell people who have nothing to trust in where you place your trust because of what you know it's done for you. You can show them, the worst of sinners, how Christ has died for them so that sinners they be no more before God. So that they can see on the cross where God's mercy and grace are most evident. If someone were to ask you, it's kind of like what I asked before already, if someone were to ask you what allergy medicine works best for you, you can turn to a commercial and say, well, that commercial said this was really great. Or you can tell them to use. And I think we've shown before already that they'd rather listen to you than some ad that you point them to on TV. Now, if you don't have much of a problem with allergies, maybe you'd point them to someone else who does so that they can go with their personal uh, opinion on the matter. Someone who has experience with it. Someone who knows what works. Why would we not do the same with the gospel? Why would we not share the same message that has saved us and brought us so much comfort and joy that gives us the excitement that Paul has here as he's writing to Timothy and, and breaks out into this little two paragraphs of just happiness about what he gets to tell Timothy to do. It's by grace that you and I have been saved and it's by grace that you and I have been called to confess the gospel in this world. You know what it can do. You know what it's done for you. If you didn't and you didn't care, you wouldn't come here to listen to it every Sunday morning. And what you have, the world needs desperately. Now you might ask with Moses, who am I to go out? You might think like Matthew, you know, what does God see in me that he would call me? I'm just a lowly cheating tax collector. But in Christ, God sees faithful and dependable people without sin, righteousness in its place, and disciples who can display for the world the patience and the love of Christ on the cross. And so with Paul, thanks be to the Lord Jesus Christ who strengthens us to work for him so that with the same grace by which we're saved, we are also called. And by grace we go out Amen.